Mondo G with a Z P-O-D. It is the Smoking Guns Podcast. Welcome in. We are a podcast that deals with professional football in San Antonio. That includes the San Antonio Brahmas of the XFL. They're on offseason, so we're not going to be talking about them a whole lot today. That also includes the San Antonio Gunslingers of the National Arena League, 8-1, and one, leading the National Arena League as we head down into the final playoff push. You are with us on the Smoking Guns Podcast. My name is Philip Higginbotham. I am joined, as always, by my good friend, Leo. What's up, Smoking Guns Posse? I am also joined not by RC. She is flying around all over the country. Actually, she's flying back from Vegas. I think she's in El Paso right now. Yeah. As a matter of fact, she says, I'm in El Paso Airport. Hello, beautiful people. Uh, So we went out and got a replacement. uh, And we grabbed Ralph Judkins, play-by-play voice of your San Antonio Gunslingers. He's going to be joining us for the show so we can talk more gunslingers with more people because that's what we want to do. Ralph, how you doing? Doing great. And uh, I guess the role of RC will be played by this guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you'll notice in your programs, the role of RC is played by this guy, Ralph Judkins. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, she's saying, hello, my beautiful people. I'm still trying to figure out who she's talking to. <laughs> yeah. Beauty is Whoa. not what we're carrying on the show today. <laughs> two out of three. <laughs> she's got she's uh, got to mean at least two out of three. Robert Rankin, absolutely <laughs> right. That is not RC. Nope. That is correct. Uh, so, guys, San Antonio Gunslingers World and the National Arena League has kind of been a story. And we're going to spend the next couple of hours trying to untangle some of that and talk about some of that. Um oh. But we got to start where we always start with the San Antonio Gunslingers going to 8-1 and one with their dominant, question mark, win over the West Texas Warbirds. I want to start there and talk a little bit about the game. I really feel like from beginning to end, the Gunslingers were in control of this game all the way through. Um, there was never a point that I felt like the game was getting out of hand for the gunslingers or something they were worried about um, losing control of, which is very different from the week before where they did absolutely and completely lose the handle on the game. Um, I felt much more confident about this game. To me, this was two, two teams playing the best football game they could, and one was just better than the other. Ralph, what did you see? You sit in a different spot than any of us. What did you see? What I saw was the first game probably since beating the Albany Empire back when the Empire was any good. Uh, Four quarters of solid, relatively very error-free, very well-executed football. To summarize, the Gunslingers scored 10 times out of 12. They were in possession of the ball even for one second, even for one moment. And the only the only times they did not score was on the fumble and at the end of the first half when they just ran out of time and said, yeah, we're not going to go for it with a second left. That is really good football because the formula is in the National Arena League, you just need one stop mm-hmm. and you score all the times you're in possession and you will win that game. Right. And that's what the Gunslingers did and the fact that there was a little wider point of margin that became 
two scores plus, and they ended up finishing uh, ahead by three three possessions. Didn't matter because the last possession was as time expired for right. West Texas. Leo, I know you got a chance to watch the game. You weren't able to be at the game with some family uh, business to attend to, but you've gotten a chance to watch the game. What did you see? Um, I agree thinking that this was probably their most dominant game in a long, long while. Um, I think uh, the pass rush was a big factor. Um, yes. Yes. Um, and uh, I think the defense, again, played very, very well. But the offense played a lot better, namely one Arvell Nelson. Yes. Played a much improved game over he the did. last several games. <laughs> and I, I, I wonder I wonder if, if uh, some people sitting in their chairs, a couple of fat guys talking football, might, might have had a, a little little bit of something to, to uh, that's a, a in your in your face, fat boys. <laughs> I, uh, I don't want to take. I don't want to take any credit. I mean, I will, but I don't want to. Uh, no, Arvell played a much better game. Yes. I watched him specifically uh, in warm-ups at the beginning of the game, and he was throwing a lot tighter ball. wasn't perfect. It wasn't, uh, you know, uh, it wasn't as crisp as I would even love it to be, but it was better, and he carried that through the game. Uh, this was... One of the few games that you'll find for Arvell Nelson where he did not turn over the ball. Usually he has one. Yes. Just one of those passes that gets intercepted, one of those balls that slips out of his hand and is a fumble. He's usually good for one turnover, right, Ralph? That's generally the knock on him. But this time around, he completed the game by my reckoning 21-25, completed the last nine passes, or check that, ten passes he threw in the second half and was basically unstoppable. The only thing that stopped the gunslingers was uh, Pudge dropped the ball, and I don't I don't know if that was his fault. Yeah, Robert, you're absolutely correct, but no. <laughs> and I, I'm sure the Warbirds don't want, want that either. <laughs> Robert Rankin, I hope we can play the Warbirds every week. No, no. Uh, we got to do oh. something different. It, it wouldn't be fun yeah. to just beat up on a little kid week after week after week. Well, four more teams leave the league. <laughs> hey, <Right>. don't joke. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's a trend. It is a trend. Uh, so not a trend we like. No. Um, and, and on what you were saying, Philip, the, the ball, uh, uh, Arvell's ball was still not as crisp or as, as pretty as you'd like to see, but the accuracy was there. He dropped a couple yes. of dimes yes. uh, uh, to Kadir Chisholm Spider-Man. Uh, on the on the long balls and those those were the plays the type of plays that we weren't seeing happening the last few games here's what i love about this team you're gonna shut down kali rashad keep him out of the end zone try to anyway and you're gonna concentrate on philip barnett okay here's kid here chisholm and juice robinson stop yep. those guys too and that's what i love about this team um there's just an opportunity here uh to go with so many different weapons. Uh, <laughs> Robert Rankin, man, we're going to talk about some of this. The Warbirds have a good kicker and a salty mascot. Both of those things Not are wrong. certainly true. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the kicking game. Uh, Ralph, you've got numbers. Yep. What are the numbers on the kicking game? Well, uh, both sides. 
Well, we had three deuces kicked uh, by Didier Weber, one deuce kicked by Drew Pearson. However, Pearson was better on extra points, seven for nine, whereas uh, Didier Weber finished the game four of seven. He did have one of two field goals that was good, kicked a 26-yarder uh, close to the end of the first half. And I, I got to say, Didier Weber, I'm surprised with the 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 non-completes but you did have a fat a better pass rush there were oh or rather uh, extra point block attempts Kick there rush, were always yeah. there were always hands in the air and they were getting in quick but he kicked the ball from the 20 pre-game practicing and then one at halftime when he came back out that not only made it to the net it went over the net over my head and bounced behind on the wall he has a lot of power and honestly would probably be successful in the outdoor game. The wind is a problem, but the distance, that's not a problem. I, I want to point out, though, that one of Kevin Didio Weber's uh, deuces should not count. It was coming out of the locker room at halftime, and Leo and I are both in agreement that the opening kickoff of each half should not be eligible for a deuce. You have not scored the the ball. You should not get an opportunity at points. Yeah, I know. I'm talking to the wrong people. Nobody actually cares. It's not a rule anybody's going to change. But I'm standing by it. This is this is the hill I'm gonna I'm gonna plant my flag in and fight for. I don't believe that those kicks should count for deuces. Well, we um, did learn something in the Monday game. Uh, we deuce. did. We learned that you could you could potentially have your deuce opportunity taken away from you. Yes. Yeah. Did and not that, know that. Yeah, I, I've read through the rules and I didn't find that. But that's again me. It, it's probably in there somewhere. I was trying to reference Smash Mouth, but it didn't work out. <laughs> read through the rules and I think I found something. Nope, well, I didn't. I gotta go look. Well, we're gonna <laughs> read through the rules and I hit the ground running. Uh, we're gonna talk about last night's game because we've got something specific uh that we'd rather talk about uh james palmer knows and we're going to talk about it don't worry james we'll get there but we're still talking about the gunslingers of warbirds uh so they finish out this series uh three games between these two teams we do not have another game scheduled for them the next time we would see them if we see them again would be uh in the playoffs which is a possibility um, West Texas can still notch that fourth seed uh, in the playoffs, and they would be right back in the Freeman Coliseum again uh, to play for a third time this season. But what I love about this is it was a close game in Odessa. It was a nearly disastrous game in San Antonio. A week later, San Antonio, the gunslingers come together and go, look, we got to put this to bed. Like, it, we need to be beating every team. Certainly this team, we're a better team. They are. They're just on paper, on the field, a better team than West Texas. And that's exactly what we saw on Saturday. We saw the two teams. Look, West Texas played a good game. Chris Ware stepped in in relief of Mitch Kidd and played an incredible uh, debut game for a quarterback in any league. Yep. West Texas did everything they could do. They did not, they didn't fumble the ball. They didn't turn the ball over badly. They just got beat by a better team. That's well, all that also, happened. 
They also got beat. The, the first critical play of the game was the bar ball not yes. recovered and, and taken in by hit stick. And, yes. the, and they turned the ball over once. They scored on 8 of 12 possessions. Again, 10 for 12, and it was two more possessions because they had a possession taken away by the bar ball and one turnover on downs. You beat a lot of people scoring 55 points. Yeah. And yeah. I, I'd love to see them play like that against everyone else. I'd love to see them again as the four seed, uh, but they're going to have to overcome the Orlando All-Stars, so I'm not sure that's going <laughs> to To take what, what Ralph just said, and put some emphasis on a point he made. Um, we talked a couple of weeks ago, Philip, about some questions that some fans had as far as free agents and turnover on roster. Uh-huh. And we talked about how if you look at that waiver wire on on the uh, or transaction page on the NAL uh, website you see a lot of the other team logos up and down that list. Yep. And what you don't see is gu- the Gunslingers logo because the Gunslingers simply do not bring guys in just to bring them in. Right. They, they, have, they have talented guys at, at positions. They have guys that, that they're sticking with. They have that continuity. They have guys they believe in. But when they see a guy that they really believe can help the team for whatever reason, whether it's a, an injury or just fills a hole, or someone that they think can make them better and make them better quickly, they make that move. And a prime example of that is Bikembe Kearney, the hit stick, as Ralph likes to call him. He's come in and performed at a very, very high level. And these last couple of wins that the Gunslingers uh, pulled off against these uh, West Texas Warbirds, would the, the, the game that they barely won, they wouldn't have won without him. And, and this last game that was a convincing win uh, might not have been as, as convincing without hit stick out there. Uh, and I just think that that bears uh, some mentioning, especially since we just talked about that subject a couple weeks ago on the show. By the way, shameless plug for Inside the Walls. Uh, they have Bikembe Hit Stick Kearney coming on their show tonight. Right as we're ending here, he's scheduled to appear over there. So be aware of that if, uh, as we sign off tonight, if you want to run over to Inside the Walls and learn more about your new favorite Gunslingers player, because that's what he should be. Uh, Bikembe Hitstick Kearney has made an immediate... At first, I saw that guy. So that was his first game was the game I was calling with Ralph. Mm. And his name popped up as number three, Bikembe Kearney. And I'm like, number three is Darius Banks. I don't like this. I, I don't. I don't like change. I don't want somebody new. Uh, I don't trust this guy. He he assuaged those fears immediately, and then he came out and and gave a solid follow up game this week. Um, I, I like this guy already. You can learn more about him on Inside the Walls tonight or later tomorrow. Whenever you go back and watch their live stream, um, but go go check them out. Go take care of that. And Darius Banks is back, and he's got his old number three on. And um, and hit uh, stick is, is, number, is zero. zero. I love yep. it. I love it. Yep. Very cool. Uh, Wrong camera. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yep. It so, went to a different camera. So let me get let me get back on track here. 
Come on. So Chris Ware came out and played a great game. Mitch Kidd's still dealing with, uh, I'm guessing, concussion issues. Nobody's ever confirmed that as far as I know, but that's that's kind of the um, scuttlebutt around the league and inside some of the inside areas that I'm at at the league is that he's dealing with a concussion. How, Chris Ware, though, didn't look like a backup quarterback, and there's a reason for that. He was supposed to be part of their quarterback room at the beginning of the year. Uh, Ralph told the, the story briefly on the um, broadcast. Uh, Chris Ware was part of this team going into camp. Unfortunately, there was a awful, I, I don't know, accident, awful situation with his son, uh, who was injured in a shooting? Um, yeah, he's and, a, at, at five years old. Yeah, and so uh, Chris Ware said, "Guys, family, and we all understand that." And so he left um, the team. He's been away from the team until this week, is what we understand. When he was able to set things right, son is well. Son is son is um, uh, survived. Uh, the issue and is doing well, we understand. And Chris Ware was able to step in and show you something that, man, if things go a little different for the Warbirds, and man, we wish they had went different for Chris Ware's family, wonder what kind of team they would look at look like right now. Because if that's where that guy starts at, <laughs> where are they going to go? And the other it's thing solid. I would say about the Warbirds is pay attention. Because Mitch Kidd comes in, and he looks pretty good right off the bat. Chris Ware comes in, and he looks pretty good right off the bat. What that tells me is they are a well-coached and well-put-together team. The fact that quarterbacks can move in and look good, the guys around them make them look good. Um, anybody that says that there's not talent on that team or that they're not a very good football team or they're not very well-coached doesn't know what they're talking about. Yeah, they're not this is a pretty good football well. team. They're not as good as San Antonio. I'll stand by that. But look out they're next a pretty year. good football team. Yeah, absolutely. Look out next year. Absolutely. Uh, I, I hope they make the playoffs. I, I don't know who I would rather see in the playoffs. There, There is a big fan part of me that says, I'd rather have Orlando than West Texas. Um, uh, yeah, Orlando, I, Phillip. No question. Uh, I don't want to play West Texas a fourth time. And and the thing is, Orlando's not a slouch either. They've got a lot of really good, talented players that they have amassed from other teams as they folded throughout the year. Um, and they, they got better. They got better at playing together. That was the mm -hmm. the big the big thing about them. It's like, yeah, you sign all these big names, but until they start playing together and with the loss of Bain, uh, ouch. But yeah. they're 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 doing they're doing okay, they're, they're, and they're getting better at being synchronized. That actually, if I can go back to San Antonio just for a moment, everyone was talking about the statistics and how uh, San Antonio didn't have the numbers here. They were third, fourth, fifth best in the league, last in the league on turnovers. The one statistic, not the standing that actually doesn't get talked about, I think, enough. The Gunslingers returned 13 players from last year's roster. Right. The Gunslingers had, by week two, the only head coach remaining. 
from last year. So all the systems, all the understandings, they're all in place already at week one. With that many returning players, the only team that was even close at this point was uh, Carolina with seven. I track this stuff because I think cohesion in this game is super important between yes. the players, between the coaches, and trust. And other teams look like they were catching up to us uh, in the season, and we were not exactly going well. I was worried they would pass us up. But if the Gunslingers continue to play tight, I really think they are the best team in the league. Yeah, I don't think there's any doubt. And there's a lot to what you're saying there. Um, the cohesion of the team and the coaching. It, it's funny that you say that. And let's 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 walk around the league real quick and talk about what you mean about coaching. Because Gibson changed teams. Uh, Resignello left. And Fuller took over in Carolina. Obviously, the Albany Empire lost Manas right there at the beginning of the season. Uh, and in week two, Ware took over. And then all of that really started getting crazy after that. Um, Orlando, Herky Walls, uh, it, it's his first year there. Um, so, yeah, Coach Shaw is actually the most senior coach in the National wow. Arena League right now. How about um, that? In, in his position, because somebody's going to come on and be like, Gibson's been in the NAL longer. Yes, you're right. He has, but not at the team he's on. So, Well, I'll add uh, one more thing to that. And Coach Shaw knows how to take advantage of that. He knows how to use that. It's not that, well, I'm here, I'm just coasting for another year. He's right. using it, and he is leveraging and, and coaching the best he can. I, I'd like to go back, and if I had the time, which I don't, look at challenges this year and clock management this year. Dude's on fire. Clock he management, missing, he has been not spectacular on the clock. Yeah. And that's, that's a coach, confident, comfortable, getting the information he needs. It, and here's the thing, uh, guys. There are two coaches. West Texas has 10. Right. Mm-hmm. You, you, right. That these two these two guys are absolutely getting it done consistently. I can't say enough uh, about Jay Rich as well. That yeah. you know, he he's shown up, he's integrated, and he has made this team better by being here. Do you think at any point this season, Jay Rich has looked at the situation he's in and looked across the country over at Albany and went, Whew! Boy, did I escape. Did I get out just in time and wind up at just the right place um, on a... And everybody we have, I think every we asked everyone we had, you, you ask Hollis, you ask Fance, uh, you ask, I'm sorry, I'm missing one more name, Mikhail Harvey. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Hobbs was the first one. Yeah, yeah. It, those three guys, uh, yeah, and Jay Rich, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> For for what it's worth, uh, you know they they got out when there wasn't a rush on U-Hauls leaving Albany. Sure, <laughs> <laughs> they beat the rush. They did. They sure did. Uh, well, they got a better rate. <laughs> in the midst of the game, Ralph, this is something you and I have talked about. We actually have slightly different opinions, although not totally different opinions. But one of the things I want to point out is Tate Smith, the head coach of the West Texas Warbirds, was very very upset in two different uh, portions of the game, right down near the end of each half, 
was when this became an issue for him with the battery-powered air horns, which have been a staple of home games all season in uh, San Antonio. Look, technically, he's right. Technically, it is uh, not a human-powered... What, what are we looking at here, Ralph? Oh, this is the uh, Fiesta medal from ah. uh, the... Uh... The uh, South Texas Truck Mafia, ah, who, gotcha. Who ah. work who work as volunteers for the Gunslingers. Sure. Uh, Juan, the super fan, is a member. And okay, so you've got a truck club there. You don't think they know the, about these horns, <laughs> right? But but here's my point. Technically, Tate Smith is right. Technically, it is an artificial noisemaker, and at the least, it should be stopped when the huddle is broken. Um, because it falls under the same rules as music or microphones. The PA, the hype yeah, man, PA, same thing. All of that kind of stuff. So, well, so technically Tate Smith is right. But you know what? If you have a problem with it, why don't you bring it up between the games to the league instead of in the middle of the game when your team needs you to be coaching them to get into the end zone and keep this game close? I don't understand Tate Smith's timing. I understand his issue. I don't understand his timing. Go ahead, Leo. I agree with you on that 100%. Like, uh, it's not something you haven't already been dealing with. Um, and, and why bring it up at that point? Um, and as, yeah, as you're, the, what you're bringing up on screen right now, Jordan Stubing, I'll take the battery. Uh, powered air horns over the West Texas horns all day. And those I, or whatever they yeah, call them. Yeah. 100%. Those things are so annoying, but to your, your point, Philip, you know, it, it falls in the same line of artificial noise, you know, music and everything. And I don't know. I'm, I'm actually legitimately asking this question, posing this question. Maybe Ralph knows, maybe, you know, Philip, what does the rule book say about that artificial noise that's created by fans, not by the team itself or not by um, uh, the venue or anyone in control of that stuff, but this is all fan-created noise. And I'm assuming there's no rule against fan-created noise. Otherwise, they would have put a stop to this a while ago. There is. What, what does the rule say? A, a fan-created noise, what does the rule say? I don't have a record and it looks like i just froze yeah i think philip is frozen at, he, he said there is and i'm i'm waiting on pins and needles to hear what what it is that philip knows in regards to this rule but i i think uh i think had he's I, having some had i known bit. leo that it was going to go like this i would have pulled out and, was, and he's back there uh, but, he's, I, now, now, now but i will me. But I will take the opportunity to say Phil said there was some disagreement between himself and myself. Uh, my point of, of disagreement uh, is strictly my own opinion. I've got nothing to back it up. But I think all noise should be uh, humanly generated. Uh, pulling a trigger and, yeah, no, that's not generating the noise. Ringing a cowbell. I guarantee you pulling the trigger is generating the noise. They pull the trigger and the electricity powers the horn that generates the noise it's human uh action that generates the yeah, noise um, yeah spirit spirit versus letter of the law in that case i i, I hate the volvozeas 
absolutely sure. hate them. They're a, they're a drone. At least the train horns, truck horns, battery powered, they're at least making a chord. And I can tolerate that. <laughs> but the Volvo Zea is one note, badly played, and it's the same note, and the only difference is how much lung pressure the blower has behind it. And it just tapers <laughs> off like a like a, like a, a, a rubber chicken. Ah, <laughs> it just, uh, why? And to listen to that over and over. But West Texas has embraced it. That's the thing in their house. Sure, And that's what you can expect to go to. Uh, you know, do, they also have cowbells. I, I like I like the cowbell because at least it's two different notes and it's sort of a clamor together. But yeah, bla- blasting an air horn onto the field uh, after they break the huddle, I don't know how they can police that because that's a fan thing short of... The only thing they could do is is bar them the from gate. the yeah bar them from the uh, the arena. Have um, the ushers basically say no if we hear it again, uh, we have to revoke your your ticket. Or they could be harsh on the rules. the 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 crew that we get could enforce the rule and begin penalizing our team based on our use the of first, those air horns. They would be the first crew in two years to enforce any of the rules when it comes to this, that you're not supposed to have any sound generated by the PA or anyone else from the point they break the huddle. We had, well, I don't want, I don't want to call fouls on ourselves here because uh, it it doesn't do anything, but when you, when you have your PA still making noise, when the play is going on, not snap, pre-snap, they're still, while the play is going on, uh, yeah, a, a certain famous Texas song is playing in the background. And, well, it's not Texas, it's worldwide. It's more of a polka. But, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know, are you not paying attention to what's going on in the field? Or are you distracting? I, I thought I heard something on the broadcast about the chicken dance actually being exempt. Wasn't that what I heard on the yeah, broadcast? That, yeah, was that, was, that? that was Gabe joking, and I said it wasn't exempt and made a joke <laughs> expressly. It is not exempt in the rules. Right. Uh, right. Well, there's nothing that's exempt. You're just not supposed to be doing any artificial noise. Uh, it has to be from the crowd and crowd only. And I gotta say, our hype man. I'm sorry, I'm monologuing here badly. Uh, Marcus Floyd is getting better and better and better at starting with, okay, it's this, it's this. Get louder, get louder, get louder, and he's doing great. He Mm -hmm. is. He is doing well. But Leo had something. I want to put a pin on Marcus Jones, uh, on Marcus for a second, because I'm gonna get back to Marcus. But Leo, what were you gonna say? I was going to say on, on, on the whole policing of the noise and everything, I think the noise and the environment that the crowd creates, each each different team, each different venue is going to have its own culture. And I think that's part of the experience. Yes. And I think it's part of the home field advantage. Mm-hmm. And unless the league is going to step in, and I think they would be unwise to do so, if the league is going to step in and say, look, we're going to start strictly enforcing – these rules against fan created noise. Now, what you're talking about, Ralph, with the uh, the the PA chicken dance or the, and the yeah. PA system and stuff that's that can be controlled by the team, by the home team. They, that I certainly understand, and that needs to be you know monitored, tightened up. I don't. I certainly don't think it was intentional, 
but you know things can be tightened up there uh with the dj so it was a backup dj i think is what i heard and uh it was an error but when it comes to fan created noise you're in that home venue you're dealing with that fan base and you're just gonna have to deal with what that fan base is dishing out at you to take the win in their in in their house um that's just the way i see it and i think that applies to the fans in jacksonville the fans in orlando or wherever each each team has their own culture has their own thing that they do and when you're coming in as a visiting team that's part of the challenge is coming away with a win in that environment and i don't i don't think there's anything wrong with that and i think if the league were to step in and be more stringent on some of these things i think they'd be making a mistake because that's part of the fun of this game. Yeah, I agree. Uh, so on to, back to Marcus. Um, it is no secret that last year when Marcus appeared uh, at the games, I was a little eh with the whole idea of the whose house, our house, and all of that. That has all really grown on me. I really like what Marcus does. I really like what Marcus adds to the game and the culture uh, to use Leo's word, that we have developed with the Freeman Coliseum and Marcus. However, if I could make a note, and if he would hear it, and I don't know if he listens to the show, uh, somebody might send this his way. Um, let's keep it positive. There is no reason ever, no matter whether you agree or disagree with a ref's call or what the other team does, to boo over the microphone. If fans want to boo, let them boo. Like, that's what fans paid their money to do. Let them boo. That's fine. But to me, my per- I've always lived... One of the non-biblical mantras I live my, my life by is you don't build your tower taller by knocking other people's down. There's no reason to be negative if you don't have to be. And while I understand that it's been in fun and all of those kind of things, it plays very differently over the broadcast than it does in the building. It is very noticeable on the broadcast. And my note, if anybody out there is listening in such a way that they care what Philip thinks, and I know they don't, that's fine. If anybody does, though, I would say the booing over the microphone, cut that. Let's just cut that. It's not like we have to stop immediately, but eh, let's let's not do that. Uh, and Jordan Steubing is right. Uh, oh, Marcus has never Marcus. done that? No, that's not Marcus. Is that Chris? Yes. Oh, well, then if it's Chris, same thing. I'm sorry. Marcus, I apologize. Chris, tighten it up, bud. You're always a positive person. I wouldn't I, I wouldn't expect that from from Chris Duell at all. That that really surprises me. Um I yeah, I just DJ don't think it plays actually, well. Is is joining in. I would Ooh. be okay with it only under the circumstance that their booing is not louder than the crowd and they don't start the booing. So that's interesting because the uh, now I, I I can't think of his name, but the announcer that that does the Spurs games uh, for a very long time now, uh, I think he incites booing by saying, "Let him know what you think about that," or something along those lines. On those words, he said, "Let him let him hear what you think about that, guys." But he doesn't boo. He just says, "Let him know what you think about that," and then the crowd will start booing. I don't have a problem with that. Yeah, I'm actually okay with that, and I probably shouldn't be because it's the same thing. Um, But I don't know. It just it rubbed me wrong while I was at the game, and then I went back and watched the broadcast, and it sticks out. So it it felt like a sore thumb kind of moment to me on the broadcast, and I was like, ooh, 
that just doesn't play well over the over the broadcast audio at all. Um, I, I would say we find a way to not not do that, but that's just my opinion, and I am nobody, and I understand that. The best thing about this organization, uh, the Gunslinger organization, is they just keep learning. They just sure. keep learning and tweaking and getting better. For and sure. And we're not the only ones that have, have brought this up. And they're, it, it'll eventually get addressed. It'll eventually get changed. Eventually, we will have a performance. Uh, we will have an in-arena experience that is second to nobody. And that's saying something because there are teams that have been in this league and doing this a lot longer than us. And we are one of these years, and in not too many years, we're going to outstrip all of them. Yeah. I mean, look at, look at we had 21, uh, just under 2,200 fans in the stands. Jacksonville posted a number that was above six, less than 7,000. Right. Boring. How many, how many delay games were there due to crowd noise in that game? And how many in ours? Uh, we we're blessed with the Freeman Coliseum. That place is concrete and metal all the way around with right. a dome structure. It gets yes. loud real quick. Mm-hmm. You give me 3,000, 4,000 fans, you give me a sellout, I'm going to have a heck of a time broadcasting, but yes. I'm going to be smiling the whole time. For sure. The noise, the engagement, uh, the, the the hype guy, the, the work that, that, uh, that Floyd does, Everything. I mean, you watch other games on the other broadcasts, like that Jacksonville game. Those people were sitting in their seats through the whole action. Every time you look at them, you see people. The only time those people stood up is when there was giveaways and people yep. were doing stuff giveaways between the team. <laughs> then they're all on their feet, and I'm like, "What's wrong with you people? Give me, give me, why give me, you, give me. Yeah, why give are me, you me, taking your me. feet at that time? But during the game, when 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 the team on the field, the action's going on, and you could really be engaged and make a difference. You're sitting in your seats like this. That's not happening at the Freeman Coliseum. We may no. not have the numbers yet. We'll get there right. hopefully very soon. But the culture that we have built in that building with this fan base, absolutely amazing and second to none. I'll put them against anybody else in the league. I don't care about the numbers. Right. Uh, you're right. And, and James Palmer noted it too. The crowd seemed bored in Jacksonville. They did. They absolutely did. Uh, let's talk a little bit about that game experience. Let's use this as a perfect segue to segue over to Star Wars Night. Ah. I got to tell you, 500, I don't know what 500 lightsabers cost them. But when all the lights went out for player introductions and all you see on both sides of the field are lightsabers waving, whatever it cost, it was worth it. It was so cool. I took a video of it. I sent it over to Leo and RC, and I was like, this is really cool. And it didn't stop there. The 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 vinyl graphics they had made for the field of the TIE Fighter and the uh, X-Wing in battle. Um, oh, I was confused, Michael Wayne Davis. You said you were disappointed with San Antonio. Why are we not filling the stands? You're right. You're right. But everything takes time to build, and we're building. Uh, Recruit a rebel, baby. Recruit a rebel. The thing that Jacksonville has on San Antonio is Jacksonville has a decade more of being a product than we have. A decade from now, we'll be putting just as many, if not more, people in the seeds. Uh, They've just, they've got that time. Uh, 
One interesting part of Star Wars Night, we had some Star Wars characters running around. One of them, the Mandalorian, played by our own good friend, Jordan Steubing. And I did not know that. I had no idea it was Jordan in the suit until the first time they came out to do t-shirts and the Mandalorian is shooting off the uh, the t-shirt cannon and I'm like... And nobody touches that. Only anymore. one person <laughs> touches the t-shirt cannon. I know who that is. Uh, and then he came around third quarter or so and he came by my seat and I go, man, don't you do enough on game days? They, they make you do this too. And he mentioned that it was getting a little warm in his suit, but not in that vernacular and stuff that I, we're a family show and I don't think I can put it out there. But he mentioned it was getting a little warm and sweaty in that particular suit. Jordan, we appreciate you being a little warm and sweaty for what was a really cool night all the way around. Star Wars night was, I think, a huge success. And man, those lightsabers, whatever you paid for them was worth every pity, I thought. What, I, what I'd like to know, since Jordan is listening, I, I didn't get a response when I asked earlier, uh, how'd we do on merchandising? Did we sell out those Star Wars shirts? And I'm guessing we did, and were they gone before halftime? Uh, how did we do on the, uh, the giant Darth Vader cowbells? Uh, how, how did we do? Uh, because when I was out there pregame, looking at the line, the line went, it looked like almost to back to the main entrance. Yeah. And the merch stand is on the opposite end zone, uh, left-hand side as I view it. And there was just a line of happy people, and there are people calling out, yeah, next person in line, please. It, it was running like a deli back there, but it, with a really, really long line. I, I hearken back to a certain Seinfeld episode. Uh, to to say what that was, but the customer services was a lot better. Oh yeah, than on that no, show, no suit no. Nazis. Uh, <laughs> no Jordan, jersey for you. Jordan Stuvey says all Star Wars ah. cowboys and the majority of the jerseys were gone before kickoff. I know I bought bought three uh, jerseys. Wow. I bought mine. I bought Leo's. Leo, I still got to ship it over to you. And I got Kevin Cecil's. Kevin, I also have to ship you yours. I'll try to get those done tomorrow. And in the mail to you guys. But yeah, I walked up and I was like, three. I need three. I need a large and two, three X's. Um, They're not carrying four X's anymore, Leo. And I think I know why. Uh, Because I think those are the sizes that they were having trouble selling out of. Because when I went and picked up my flag jersey, they still had four X's, but no no other sizes around me. So I went with a four X. And uh, they still think, I think, have Fiesta 4X jerseys. So I think they were having trouble selling the 4X. That's why they've, they've bumped down to the 3Xs um, for us big guys. But that's okay. I, I can fit in it. It's okay. Um, so I'm, I, I'm surprised here. I did not know that they had uh, Star Wars cowbells. That's awesome. Uh, what I saw on the broadcast and what you shared with me, Philip, looked absolutely phenomenal. Where, where else um, at this level or any level are they going to put graphics on the field and, you know, dress up with the, with the, the gun, uh, the uh, shirt cannon? Yeah. It was just, it, it seemed like it was such an amazing experience and, and wrapping the table so that they glowed like the lightsabers. Oh, I that was yes. so cool. Yes. It, it truly so looked cool. amazing. I'm really, I'm really, really saddened that I had to miss it. Um, 
but it, it looked like it was a really a great experience, and I, I, I'm looking forward to the Star Wars night next year. So we have one more home game that we know of. We have July 22nd. We're going to get into the new schedule, but July 22nd State is our home game. Anybody curious about what the theme might be? If I knew that information, would anybody want to know um, what the theme is for that particular night, evening, afternoon, actually? It's a 2 p.m. game, uh, which is kind of weird on a Saturday, but it's a 2 p.m. Saturday game. Um, anybody curious? Nobody? Okay, we'll move on. Um, <laughs> Who do I got to beat? <laughs> Who do I got to beat up to hear this? Because I love promoting it. So July 22nd, somebody says, who are we playing? We're going to be welcoming in the Carolina Cobras. No, no. Carolina Cobras are coming in July, on July 22nd, for our final home game of the season, of the regular season, I should say. It'll be Carolina, the Cobras. And uh, the theme for the evening, afternoon, afternoon, because it's a 2 p.m. game. I'm sorry. I'm just trying to... Pull it out. It's not Disney night. More guesses. I want more guesses. No. It's superhero night. Ah. Superhero night. And one of the things that was leaked to me, I I, I like the way that sounds, leaked to me. Uh, game is at 3 p.m. Okay. Game is at 3. Jordan correcting me. Um, one of the cool things they're getting ready for the merch stand is capes for the kids. Adults, adults don't want capes, right, Jordan? None of us want a, a gunslinger's cape. Leo, you don't want a gunslinger's cape, do you? No capes. <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> no capes. You got that reference. <laughs> no <Yes>. capes. <laughs> no capes. In the mode. Um, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. The next time after that game that this particular area that I'm sitting in pops up. If you don't see right in this blank area right here, a gunslinger cape after July 22nd, I've done something terribly wrong because there's going to be a gunslinger cape right here. So um, could be you arrived to the game after kickoff. Could be. <laughs> the way the jerseys went, the way the other stuff went, maybe I just got there late and oh. did something wrong. So hold on here. Jordan is on here, so I'm going to throw this out there because I know that he likes ideas. And... It sounds like I'm joking, but I'm not really joking because you guys that are that are with us right now on Facebook or, or YouTube and everybody else that, that's here on the show, you guys uh, tell me if I'm wrong. If some of us guys out there would actually sport gunslinger underoos. Give me some gunslinger underoos in men's sizes, and I will rock those bad boys all around the house. I promise you. And they wouldn't be that hard to make. I uh, <laughs> I love your passion and excitement for your team and your underwear. I do not ever want to think about I'm any not, of us wearing underoos, gunslinger going to or not. Think about it. <laughs> I'm saying, would you wear it? Oh, okay, a gunslinger no, onesie. How about a gunslinger onesie? <laughs> uh, Jordan goes, hey, boxers are briefs. He'll look into it. There you go. He'll figure it out. That is pretty funny stuff. Uh, so, yeah, Superhero Night, 
uh, capes. I was trying to look for the other information that he gave me because it's not all he gave me. He gives me lots uh, of information. Ah, uh, giving away gunslinger hat pins, hat pins for the first 500 in. So that'll be a lot of fun. Um, I have the last team I got a hat pin from. January, July 22nd is Superhero Night. Yes. Well, Superhero Afternoon, but yes, that is correct. Um, I got a Commander's hat pin when we first started with the Command Post podcast. I don't ever what, know whatever happened to that. I wish I still had it because that would be a collector's item at that point. Robert Rankin has a question for you, Leo. Underoos outside your pants or pants are optional? Well, it depends. <laughs> well, true story. When I was a kid, I had the uh, the Superman pajamas. Right. The Superman pajamas were blue from the waist down and then had the little red down at the bottom for your little booties. And they had the Superman with the patch. I mean, you remember this if you're, you know, you're yes. old like me and yes. you remember those 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 uh, pajamas that they all made. But I looked at that and I was like, what the crap is this? Superman has red briefs over that blue and I don't look like Superman. So guess what? Guess guess what I did? I got my red Superman underoos with the yellow waistband and I wore I wore those puppies over the pants. Oh, sure. Because I was Superman. What the heck? That's the way it works. Yeah. So Jordan Steubing says he's making several superhero jerseys, fan jerseys. What's everyone's super favorite superhero? And Batman, Batman, and Slinger. Ha! That's funny. Web Slinger. Right. Well, well I'd be, be remiss if he did not make a Spider-Man top with number six on the back. He would completely be, be remiss. Michael Wayne Davis says, Cali Rashad is my favorite superhero. Love it. No, I think yeah. going with Spider-Man, especially with Kadir Chisholm, yeah. but I'm a huge Batman guy. I love the whole Batman mythos. Uh, Leo, you're kind of... You're kind of all of them. Oh, Wolverine, yes. I knew you had a thing for Wolverine. That's my favorite, but I, um, I do. I am all of them, yes. Uh, definitely. I, I'm all about Batman, but I think I think you're missing a trick if you don't make some Spider-Man jerseys, specifically uh, with Kadir Chisholm and his web-slinging um, after he scores a touchdown, all of that kind of stuff. Like, it, I, I think you have to go that direction. Let's just throw more stuff on Jordan's plate. He doesn't have yes. enough already. He yeah, doesn't. The, the hardest uh, costume to make would be the Invisible Man, and you'd put number four on that for Juice Robinson because nobody saw him in the corner of the end zone. Mm, right. That's right. <laughs> I that's saw right. him. He was right in front of me. He wasn't even moving. It was like no one could see him because he wasn't moving like they were all raptors. He yes. said the Spider-Man design's already done, already I, made. I told you before, any ideas that we have, they've <laughs> already had them, they've already thought about them, and they're already doing them before we even thought the idea. Uh, I don't think you ever go wrong with Batman or Superman. I like both. I once had to choose. When you're in youth ministry, sometimes you have to make choices, uh, and the kids made me choose, and out of that I chose Batman. Um but I love both of those guys. Um, and Spider-Man obviously makes sense. Wonder Woman for the ladies, Johnny Salazar says. Most definitely. He's, he's got a point. He's got Lowly's a point. She'll be all over the Wonder Woman one. That's her favorite. 
So that's coming up on the 22nd, but that is the end of our season, our regular season. And we now know what the rest of our season looks like. Look how well we're transitioning from one conversation to the other. It's almost like we do this every week, rain or shine. We put or together a show. Snakes. Uh, <laughs> we now know what the rest of the schedule looks like. But first and foremost, part of that announcement yesterday of the new schedule included the announcement that Fayetteville Mustangs are pausing. Um, I, I don't want to say that they folded because that's not really accurate. They seem like they're wanting to retool for next season and try to come back or make a resurgence next season. So they are going on some sort of pause or hiatus or whatever you would call it. They will not play any more games this season, which, oh, ouch, ouch, the Fayetteville glue factory. Whoo. Yeah, so there's that. Uh, that was part of the issue with the new schedule. Um, financially, Fayetteville has had a struggle uh, all season long. They were losing money on away games because of travel and all of the things that you incur on away games. But my information is they were also losing about the same amount of money on home games. And when Ooh. you can't have a home game or a road game without losing money, uh, your money disappears very fast. And it yeah. disappeared faster than uh, the Mustangs were, were prepared for. And so they are going to have to pause things. So the new schedule includes only five teams. Um, and we'll go over that schedule now for our gunslingers. But I want to pay particular attention to the Jacksonville Sharks as well because... They are right behind us, breathing down our necks, wanting, waiting for us to make a mistake so that they can jump up and try to claim that number one spot and force the championship to be in the shark tank instead of uh, out in the Freeman Coliseum. Did you say shark tank? Shark tank. Shark tank. Shark tank. Shark tank. Shark tank. Guppy tank. What? Yeah. For sure. <laughs> so let's start with this weekend, uh, Saturday, July 1st. All the games are on Saturday this week. I believe that's true all the way through the schedule. All games are on Saturday all the way through the regular season. This Saturday, the West Texas Warbirds, our good friends over in Odessa, they will go to Carolina. The Gunslingers will travel over to Orlando. This is originally what we were scheduled to do. This is not a change in our schedule at all. We will play the Orlando Predators. I'm fine with that. I'm okay with that. They're a good team, but we're better. I'm not I'm not worried about Orlando. What about you guys? As, as things stand, this is a preview of the first round because Orlando is in fourth. We're currently in one. And I wanted to say real quick, because RC does non-sequiturs, so I can too, I guess. Uh, <laughs> looking, and then I lost my train of thought. So there you go. Okay, carry on. <laughs> Jacksonville will enjoy a bye week, but don't get too uh, jealous of them, because I'm going to tell you the rest of the schedule, I don't believe favors Jacksonville at all. Oh, I, I did. I do remember now, just okay. like RC does. I... That Jacksonville is actually doing us a favor. 
Jacksonville is forcing us to be, get better and play better ball. Yes. There is pressure on the gunslingers right now. You take away the pressure and it's human nature. And we are not having the pressure removed as as a team. And bam, thanks, Jacksonville. It's uh, you're doing us a real good service. We'll 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 see you late in August. Sure. Sure. Uh Jacksonville will be on a bye that week, but again, their their schedule, I believe that this new schedule favors the gunslingers and slights the Jacksonville Sharks a bit. And I'll explain what I mean when we go through all of it. Week 14, Saturday, July 8th, Carolina will go to West Texas. So that is a home-and-home home series for Carolina and West Texas. They do it in Carolina, and then they bounce over to Odessa. Jacksonville will take on Orlando in Orlando. And that is not a game that I think you can immediately mark Jacksonville down as a win for. Orlando nope. is a decent team. I, I don't think that you can mark them down, the gunslingers down for an automatic win there. Um, but Jacksonville and Orlando have history. We've already seen it this season where an Orlando team that had no business beating Jacksonville beat Jacksonville. That's the kind of rivalry that is there in Florida where you just kind of have to throw the records out. So I think this is actually uh, not a good game. I don't think this is a good setup, a good matchup for Jacksonville. Nothing to, nothing to win and everything to lose. Absolutely. Yep. We are on a bye week on week 14. That transitions into week 15, Saturday, July 15th. Which, by the way, is a very important date in the Smoking Guns podcast. Because Saturday, July 15th, will be our three-year anniversary of the very first episode of the Smoking Guns podcast, debuting on Apple Podcasts uh, and Spotify and Stitcher back when that was a thing. All of those things. Back then, we were just a podcast. We didn't do the video live shows, any of that kind of stuff. But it... It debuted on July 15th of 2020, and so this will be our third anniversary, and we get to celebrate that by watching the San Antonio Gunslingers out in Carolina. It's not a home game. It will be them over in Greensboro, in the Greensboro Coliseum, taking on the Carolina Cobras. Orlando goes up to Jacksonville, so once again, a home-and-home switch, and Orlando gets two opportunities to hand Jacksonville a loss. I'm going to go out on a limb here. One of those is going to happen. One of the Orlando's going to get them in one of those two games. I'll hope they're so. The same, yeah, they're in the same situation we were with West Texas. It yeah. is darn hard to beat a team three times. Well, they don't have a chance to beat them three times. They're going to have to beat them twice. Yeah. Yep. Um, I, I, I think Orlando wins one of those two games. I don't know which one. Uh, and Kevin Cecil brings up a great point. I talk about Carolina. Uh, that's going to be a tough game after the way the Cobras played last night. You're not wrong. Carolina's looking decent, looking good. Um, They've got weapons, and right. Hen Henry is hitting them. Yes. Uh, I've got, you know, got my notes on that game, too, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so that is us out in Carolina the day after that, I believe. No, that day. 
Jordan Jordan popped in and said July 16th is the Six Shooters Cheerleader Camp. I believe that's on the 15th, the same day um, as that game. But correct me if I'm wrong, Jordan. Um, but I think that's on the 15th, the same day as the game. I was looking at it for my daughter, and then I asked her. She came to the game with me on Saturday. In fact, I was leaving the house here in Palacios and go, yeah, bye, I'm going to San Antonio for the football game. And she goes, um, can I go? And I'm like, get in the car. I've been waiting for a daughter for 18, 19 years to go, Dad, can I go to the football game with you? And you're the first. No, I'm sure the others have come to games with me. But she asked, and I said, absolutely. Jordan says, I'm right. He's wrong. But then he immediately blamed it on April and said, April told me wrong. Hashtag uh, Phil said it first. Oh. So the Hashtag 15- couch for Jordan. <laughs> Jordan's so the fifth, a good husband, he knows. Fifteenth will be a busy day for Gunslingers fans as the Six Shooters have their cheerleader um, camp. We're excited for that, and uh, we go to Carolina to play the Carolina Cobras. And the podcast turns three years old. A lot happening on July fifteenth. That takes us to week sixteen, July twenty second. Carolina comes to San Antonio. We've already talked a little bit about that game. That's going to be your superhero night. That's going to be a tough game. Don't get me wrong. West Texas goes to Jacksonville to take on the Jacksonville Sharks. And you remember, they opened the season. That was the first game. And if they even bother to go look at that film, it's a complete waste of time. West Texas has turned over... Uh, substantially their roster, and they have gotten more dangerous in every flipping way. If they give us enough that we, you know, all that we can handle, uh, Jacksonville, you ain't seen nothing yet. Right. Especially especially if West Texas is needing one more win to get in. Right. Yeah. Right. You might need to interfere a couple times to win that one. Which well. takes... <laughs> Oh, did I say that out loud? Whoo! But it only cost $1,000 to interfere with the games. We'll talk about all that in a minute. Uh, Let's finish up the schedule. Week 17, the final week of the regular season, Saturday, July 29th, Orlando visits the West Texas Warbirds. This is genius scheduling by the National Arena League because those two teams will be fighting, I believe, at that point. For that final playoff spot, I think it could very well come down to that final game of the season, uh, regular season, making the difference for who gets in the playoffs and who doesn't. Uh, Very well thought out by the National Arena League when they put this schedule together. Jacksonville. Road trip. uh, It's right there in West Texas. I don't know. West Texas is a long way from me. Odessa is a long way from you guys. It's a really long way from me. It's eight hours from me. Well, you um, get to San Antonio, we'll take you the rest of the way. Okay, well, we'll see about that. Uh, and then Jacksonville will go to Carolina to finish out the season. So here's what I was talking about at the beginning of all of this. The next few weeks, we play... Uh, we play Orlando in Orlando, Carolina in Carolina, Carolina at home, and then we're off. 
Jacksonville. Just played Carolina last night. They won that game. We're going to talk about it in a minute. They have a bye week. And then they finish the season with Orlando in Orlando. Orlando at home. West Texas at home. And Carolina in Carolina. And then they have to go right into the playoffs. They do not get that bye week that we get at the end of the season. As I look at this, I realize we have a back-to-back with Carolina. I get that. Um, I I would say that I wouldn't be surprised if we drop one of those. I'm just yeah. going to be really honest with you. It's tough to play the same team two weeks in a row and have the same um, – have a win both weeks. I wouldn't be surprised if we dropped one of those. However, the bye week at the end of the season and the fact that we have Orlando in here, I feel good about because there's not the same kind of issue matchup with us and Orlando. On the other side of that, what I see of Jacksonville's schedule is the same kind of, dare I say, murderer's row that we kind of started the week with, started the year with, where they've got to go to Orlando then they've got to take Orlando at home, and then they've got to play Carolina at the end of the season. There's a lot of one-two punches there. I just, I think we're going to hold serve. I think we're, even if we drop one, I think we hold serve because I can't imagine they're going to get through all of that and not drop one-two. I just don't see it. I think we're in a really good position because we have that inside track. We have that, uh, you know, we can afford... Um, we can afford to slip up once if they do. You know, we, we've got the bonus at this point. Don't disagree with you. I, I just, I'm a fan of, of making sure you're in control of your own destiny. And right now the, the gunslingers are control uh, their destiny. And they can continue to doing that by just continuing to win each week. One, one and, and oh, baby. One yeah, and oh. One and oh. Fred Shaw's right. That's what he says. Michael Wayne Davis asking on Facebook, how do the playoffs work? Who plays who and how do they determine the home field advantage? We we did get some clarification on this this week as well. Uh, the, the playoff status is one versus four, two versus three. The winner of both of those games go to the championship game. Uh, the highest seed gets the home game. So number one would host number four. In the current situation, I think that means that San Antonio would host Orlando. Is that right, Ralph? Yes. San Antonio would host Orlando. Jacksonville would host Carolina. If the so playoffs who's got started the harder game now. There? Yeah, again, this is Jacksonville, Carolina again. Right. And yep. We'll get there. We'll get be, there. There might be more than a $1,000 fine in that game. Uh, Kevin Cecil says to stay number one and keep home field advantage they have to win out I don't think that's true I think even if we drop a game I see Jacksonville dropping at least one too if San Antonio does I think Jacksonville will Um, I don't think either team has a definite undefeated road out of here if we can win out no problem it doesn't matter what Jacksonville does which is great. Um, but I don't think we have to because I really see 
um, Jacksonville dropping at least one of these games. Uh, we don't have dates on the playoffs yet, but my understanding is uh, that the first round of the playoffs would come the week after the season ends. Um, so that first weekend of uh, August and that there could be a week break before the championship game, but they have not settled on that yet. They're waiting for venue information to find out if the championship game will be the following week or they will wait a week and give everybody a, a bye week to heal before the championship game. And don't forget there's discussion of a single venue by the league uh, with a TV slash cable, some kind of deal as well. And that might play into it. This is all at league level. We, we don't know. But that's, that's in the mix. So which do you prefer? Would you rather the game be right after, or would you rather there be a week between the playoff game and the championship <clears throat> game? Well, April is letting us know what she thinks. She says August 5th and August 12th will be right here in San Antonio. Um, so there you go. There's your playoff schedule right there. Um, <laughs> make your plans now. Buy your tickets. Make your travel plans. Uh, Jacksonville, make your travel plans. Because either you're going to be in the game or you're going to be watching the game. But it's going to be right here in San Antonio. Yep. Either way. Um, Get ready for those air horns. My <laughs> so my personal feeling is... Um, in most cases, in the NFL, I say give a week between. There's plenty to talk about Super Bowl week. Get an extra week. Have media week. Do the whole thing the way you like doing it. Uh-oh. We got another pause from, from Philip. I think. All right, so this is a sidebar with Leo and I. Yeah. So so what do you think, Ralph? Would you prefer the week in between? It, obviously, we know where Philip was going with that. We'll let him finish his thought. But since I posed the question, I'll let you go first. I, it's traditional that, and truly, it's another week for the players to recover, and he's back. So I like the break in between. It also allows the home team, us, to sell more tickets, make more appearances, get more hype, and get a bigger crowd. Because, holy smokes, you thought it was loud with 2,200. Thanks, Leo. Yeah, we host a championship here. Whose house? Well, I was... Our house! <laughs> I was actually going to go the other way and say in on this level, I would prefer the championship game be lined up right behind the playoff game so that you don't lose momentum. But after oh. hearing you say that, I get what you're saying. It gives us two full weeks to promote the fact that the NAL championship game will be in the, in the venue, wherever that venue is. San Antonio, we know that. Yeah. But even if it's going to be in Vistar or it's going to be up in – Greensboro or whatever the case may be it gives that it gives the league and that host team an opportunity to really um, market the heck out of that game and say hey it's a championship game uh, come see yes. it and okay so that's why I posed the question because that's what was on my mind and as April Stubing says it all depends on availability yes uh, I would be hoping that we would have availability for the following week because I think two weeks 
of getting the word out there and telling this. I'm sorry. I've said it before. I'm going to say it again. It's 100% true. It's a sad fact about San Antonio sports fans. We are fickle. We are a not great fan base when it comes to what what how the team is doing. We we don't like supporting losers. Not and and the gunslingers are winning and they're still not getting as many right. fans in there right. because uh you know they've had a, a rough season before and the words just not getting up for whatever reason it is. But when you start putting out there your San Antonio gunslingers are whatever the record might be, they only have one loss. Phillip thinks they're going to have two losses and are in the championship game. And guess what? We're hosting it because we're the number one seed. I think two weeks of that getting out there, you're going to build, you're going to sell that much more tickets. I think you're going to sell a lot more tickets, to be honest with you. And the new fans that come in are going to feed off of the old fan base. Sure. That, that culture that I talked about earlier in the show that we built on there, it's gonna, it's going to to be, um, what's what's the word contagious, and it's just gonna build, and it's gonna make it that much harder for those Jacksonville guppies to come in here and take a win, especially after all the fans hear about how they say they own or, or the cobras or the the or, warbirds or yeah, yeah the the worms you know from Carolina. The guppies from Jacksonville, or those man, you're one ugly from Predator, uh, or you know the uh, yeah, yeah. Orlando, yeah, yeah. Bring it, but Jacksonville saying that they own Texas. If we have that in our back pocket, come that game, and we get San Antonio showing up and showing out for that, watch out. Unfortunately, April says we just don't have the availability this year to skip a week. So if it's here in San Antonio, it'll be the fifth and the twelfth. Mark your calendars now. Greg Nelson and I had a discussion at the game about where those things would line up. Greg, I've answered your question. Not me. April did. Um, we've answered your question. There's those are the weeks you have to. Uh, you're gonna have to cancel that trip to Colorado. I think it was going to Colorado, and it was gonna take him out for one of those weeks. If you want to be there, gonna have to cancel that trip, brother. Um, but if you those will be the. I'm sorry. Go. go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Well, if you want to help the team, if you, the fans, want to help the team, do not treat the merchandise you bought as museum quality material. You need to wear that stuff every day, everywhere you go. Answer the questions. Say, hey, go to SanAntonioGunslingers.com. Guns Up Radio, Guns Up TV, the the shorter URLs if they can't remember. Wear that stuff out in public. Tell people. Build the hype and say, and oh, by the way, they're winning. Yeah. They are a winning proposition. They are set to bring uh, a championship back to the city of San Antonio and the first professional football championship here or championship team since 1977. Wow. Yeah, I wrote an article on that earlier today. So Okay, I'll bite. (laughs) Who was that? Uh, That would be the San Antonio Charros. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Oh. Yeah. Uh, Jordan Stooming says, I guess we need to go get a rookie from France. Yes. Um... I, you know, it worked for one team in town. All of a sudden, they're the talk of town again. 
So why not? Hey, just go get that guy. Let's talk uh, Victor into coming and playing. Yeah, come play for the gunslingers, man. He would make a heck of a jack because who is going to be able to throw over him? (laughs) There's your plan. I don't know that we'd have a jersey that would fit him. Uh, And I think we'd need like trash can lids for the the shoulder pads because they'd be way up there. There you go, James Steubing. Go get Victor. (laughs) Guys, guys, it's Justin... Alexandre, <laughs> not Alexander, E-R. It's spelled R-E at the end. That is Alexandre. French. There's our French player. There Come it on, is. people, bring it. There it is. Jordan Steubing says he'll make him a jersey if Victor wants to come play for the Gunslingers. He will definitely make him a jersey. Just be um, to see a game. That'll bring people in. So that is the road to the playoffs. We mentioned already that uh, you won't see Fayetteville anywhere in there. Um, They are pausing operations. Obviously, we've lost the Empire. And before the season even started, we lost the Columbus Lions. It's been a rough year in the National Arena League. Um, We've taken some hits. And they just keep coming because there's more drama all around the NAL Let's start at home first with home drama, because that's always fun. On Saturday, as I was driving up to the game, my phone literally exploded next to me. I have a three-hour drive into San Antonio. And so I am on the road, and well, I was in Edna, if you're wondering. I stopped to get my daughter and I some McDonald's in Edna, and my phone starts buzzing, and I look down, and Top Gunner has tagged me in a post saying that he has been banned from the arena. So let's talk a little bit about Top Gunner, because I know that there are people that are like, yeah, what happened with all that? Well, I'll tell you the best I can, and I'll also give you my opinion, and you can take both of those things for what they're worth. Here's the deal. Uh, Way back when we went to Odessa, uh, what was the date on that game, Ralph? Oh, that we went to Odessa. Yeah. Uh, no okay. things. Hold on. Hold no on. things yes. right now. On demand. Yes. Now. Uh, that would be June 17th. No. Was it in was June? No, it was in no, May. Sorry, again, May, 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 May. Yeah, May 20th. Sorry. Uh, yes, we, we played them, but that was June 17th. We on May 20th, May. we yeah. went out there, and in the midst of that, there were some fun sort of um, theatrics and shenanigans. That were My put fault. together between the uh, the mascot crew out in West Texas and our super fans, and they had a little fun, and uh, and all of it went okay. And in the midst of that, there became this idea of uh, you know what if Top Gunner showed up in San Antonio, and that kind of got floated out there, but. When ownership for the San Antonio Gunslingers got wind of that, they said, we'd rather not. Why? Because they'd rather not. Because it's their team, it's their show. For whatever reason, whether you agree with them or disagree with them, um, it's it's their show. And they just kind of said, we'd rather not. Let, let's not do that. that. That doesn't seem to fit with what we want to do. To so be fair, th- go ahead. I, I I see the comments already lame, and, and the people you know that were, you know, the reaction to that on Facebook. To be fair, name me another professional sport 
or professional uh, franchise where the visiting, we're not talking college, another professional franchise where the visiting team had their mascot in the venue for the game. Their official mascot. IFL. But that's only between two teams, uh, the Storm and the Blizzard, and they've been doing it for a very long time. Um, and again, whether you agree with it or not, it's it's their show, and they just kind of said right there at that time it was June sixteenth. Uh, June seventeenth was the game that was going to be here in San Antonio, West Texas. We didn't have the new schedule yet, and they just said let's not. And so June seventeenth came and left, and nothing happened. Top Gunner didn't try to come in. Nothing happened. Last week, Top Gunner began a uh, internet campaign to say, "Hey." Would you guys like to see me in the Freeman Coliseum? I even participated in that. Oh, I'm going to lose. Am I going to drop? Did I drop? No. Um, I even participated in that with the Smoking Guns page uh, and said, sure, we'd love to see you because, you know, let's have some fun. Uh, there's there's entertainment value to Top Gunner. He's very good at what he does. Um, but I'm not the owner. I'm not the owner and it's not my show. And so if they took that to be some sort of invitation, that was taken incorrectly because I don't have the power to invite anyone into our venue. Uh, Friday evening before the game, Top Gunner took some videos inside the Freeman Coliseum. uh, And again, the gunslingers weren't aware that Top Gunner was planning on coming. And so when they saw those videos, that distressed them a little bit. They didn't like the idea that he had uh, accessed their venue without their knowledge. And so ultimately they just kind of made it clear that, hey, this wasn't our plan. We've got a show already put together that we're planning on doing. This is an extra thing that we don't know that we have time or room for. And we told you back in May, no. So we're going to stick with that. Nothing changed from the ownership side. They did not change their mind. They did not invite and then say no. They said no from the beginning. And whether you agree with that or don't agree with that, that's the case. Um, they didn't feel like it fit with what they wanted to do in the Freeman Coliseum. And so they said no. And Top Gunner came out anyway. I, apparently there was some sort of miscommunication. I, I feel like it may have even been my fault um, because uh, after some conversations back and forth with Top Gunner, he thought we were a lot more connected to the the team than we were. And so when he was sending things to me and I was like, sure, we'd love to see you. I think he may have thought that I was speaking for the team. I don't have that power. Um, The podcast doesn't really have that power. And I didn't know that they had kind of told him, no, I've gotten all this information after the case. Um, So whether you agree with them or not, and I'll be really honest with you right now, I don't work for the team. They're probably going to get mad at me. I'm sorry, James. I'm sorry, Jordan. I don't see the big deal. Like, I think it'd be a lot of fun. I think Top Gunner is fun, whatever. Um, but they said no, and it's their show. They get to they get to say yes or no to things. I don't get to do that. Um, so that's their decision. You don't have to agree with them. Um, I don't know where you guys stand on either of this. I don't know if you even want to throw it out there. You don't want. You may not want to get in trouble like I'm fixing to um, for for having a differing opinion from ownership. But. Um, that's the case. Like everybody's tried to blow it up into this big deal and, Oh, I've lost all respect for the gunslingers organization. I don't get that. They said something 
something somebody tried to push the envelope and they said no what we said originally we're sticking with i I don't see how you can lose respect for somebody who says i I said what i said and i meant what i said um that's something i do respect actually is when people are like that but you guys what do you think so I'll, you want to go first, Ralph? Oh, first, no. Go? No, no. <laughs> you go first. I, I don't think definitely... Ralph's going to touch this at all. <laughs> no, I, I will. I, I, already, I already have a real good idea, but I want to make sure that Leo's got a shot, too. Before so, I drop the mic. <laughs> oh, here we go. Okay. As, as a fan, <laughs> which, <laughs> as a fan, which, which we are, we are fans. Yeah. As Philip said, we, we, we have a, a close relationship with the team and, and people, you know, in the background, uh, a very good relationship. And we do everything we can to keep that keep it that way. Um, but we are fans. And as a fan, I was in the camp or am in the camp that I think, you know, that that little bit of of interaction could be great, you know, and it's it's a friendly rivalry. We haven't been uh you know uh, not friendly to each other as far as a fan base um or organizations we've been cordial as far as i as far as we know publicly um um and they they were gracious with with our fan base that made the trip over there and and uh top gunner has been you know very good at interacting online and 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 a lot of fun with the jabs back and forth so us as fans, we're thinking, yeah, come on down. We'll have more fun during the game, and you know it'll be it'll be good. But with that explanation and with that in thought, I challenge anyone to really take yourself out of your situation as a fan, someone from the outside looking in, and put yourself in those people's shoes, the ones who are planning this show putting everything together and if you've seen them walking around with their little notebook yeah little it's not little their notebook that has a schedule of events and and the lines it's like excel spreadsheets almost with lines you know this tiny going all the way down each page and they're chock full of stuff and there's literally to the minute scheduling and they're going through that and they have to make sure everything happens the way they're planning it they do the best they can to put on a great show uh, and it's there's not a lot of time. These games, you know, especially this year, have gone rather quickly. They don't plan for a lot of dead time. A lot of work goes into all that. A lot of work goes into what makes these games so entertaining and fun and engaging for us. And then you throw in at the last minute this outside entity that could be great but also might not be because you don't know. You're right. not in control of, of that aspect. And that could spell disaster and, and and ruin your whole show and everybody's hard work. Not just one or two people. We're talking a group, a large group of people that put countless hours in each and every week to these home games. And you're going to throw something out there that might just tear it all apart. What I, if I, I certainly understand and respect that. And so uh, what if no what if inadvertently or on purpose? Top Gunner does something that embarrasses your franchise in front of your fans. How do you clean that up? He doesn't work for you. He's not, it's, you know, allowing someone to have center stage at your production is a scary thing. I don't 
I, I understand. James Palmer said it would have been fun. I thought it would have been fun, but I also get why it's a no. I do too. They put a lot of work, a lot of time, a lot of effort in, and we all think as fans like, oh, it's just going to be fun. Well, it's all fun and games until he goes out and does something inadvertently that, that ticks off a bunch of Gunslingers fans that goes, I'm never coming back here. I can't believe they allowed someone on the field yeah. to do that. Too now much what? Risk. Yeah. Uh, all right, Ralph, drop the mic. <laughs> no, I never drop the mic. I'm a broadcaster. So <laughs> at least at least for the moment, I'm the broadcaster. So like you started out, Philip, with full disclosure. As of this moment, I am a subcontractor for underneath the Gunslingers organization. You do when, work for the team. When I am on the air and the rest of the time, I'm an intern for the Gunslingers. So, yes, I do work for the team. And the two voices that matter the most agreed, and they agreed that mascots don't travel. Yep. That was the first, that was the first principle, and it was very clear that that's where they wanted from the beginning. There was, dare I say, a palace mutiny of sorts, and there it's not unanimous, but the 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 two big voices are no and mm -hmm. the, you know they're the ones that are on the hook for everything and it's just something they they didn't they didn't want to entertain and when pressured when backed into the corner it's the old thing with your parents you want an answer now the answer is no <laughs> and and that's what it was they did not change but I will say, at the risk of losing both of my positions with the organization, the organization, those voices, did listen to arguments. There were arguments made. And to uh, quote Malcolm Reynolds from uh, Firefly, from Serenity, mm -hmm. I was on the losing side. I'm not really convinced it was the wrong one. But the argument was made, they listened to it, and they made a decision and I'm good with that and I'm going forward and I'm not going to contradict it and I'm not going to say anything against it because they're the ones ultimately in charge of, for the success or failure yeah. of the organization. They are on the line for it and we are all just people with what we think are good ideas that we come up at the last minute and like I said before, if we have a good idea, it's pretty certain they already had it and they've already implemented it right. if it really is a good idea. And so we, we're coming from behind. And it, where we are, how tight everything is, and that run a show down to the minute, so many moving parts and so many pieces, uh, it was just one more thing, and they didn't need it, and mascots don't travel. Coach Q asks, asks a great question here. He says, so what's the difference with the restaurant mascot that walked around the week before? Just a question. That's a great question. That's Here's the thing. Here's the thing. That's a sponsorship partner and was planned in advance and was part of that lineup on that clipboard that they had. They knew what to expect. They had a partnership with that group. And if something went wrong, they would have somebody to back, you know, somebody to go back to. What is that? Uh, well, Kevin, Kevin's got yeah. Kevin's got a comment here as well. I, I can't validate it here. Yeah, there it is. Uh, that is the same costume, and that was a different person portraying it. 
uh, in West Texas. But again, that's and, a sponsor, and that's a sponsor right. across the league with Texas and Roadhouse. Sp- sponsor with West Texas, and so it's the same thing. So uh, Jordan Stevens says he was passing out peanuts, not bashing the other team, and there's a possibility of that, and you just don't always invite that in. Um, so there you go. Uh, there's your palace revolt. <laughs> we're not saying you have to agree. We're just explaining that the people who make the decision and and have their butt on the line all agreed and said this this makes us nervous, so it's going to be a no. And they stuck with that from May all the way until Saturday when they said no. You can be here. The the gentleman that that. Uh, played Top Gunner, was in the stadium, by the way. He was there. He enjoyed the game. Uh, all of that kind of stuff. They didn't ban any person. They banned a costume from coming in because they wanted to have more control over their show than they felt like they had if they allowed him free reign. I don't know that he would have done anything wrong. I'm sure he wouldn't have done anything on purpose, but even inadvertently, it comes back on you. Don't know. And and you don't know and you can't... You can't check that and it doesn't go just one way you, you don't just we're not just pointing the finger like in case top gunner had done something w- what if our fans had done something to top gunner right right you right. know because fans they're drinking they're having a good time and they see something representing the other team in you know like our house that that's our whole mantra and then they see this top gunner guy here you know doing stuff against our team bashing sure. our team uh, you don't know what people are going to do. It's just, it was too much risk. Too much. Thank risk. you, James Palmer. <laughs> you have helped me transition to the other drama in you the International Arena League. You, you have, have won the show. <laughs> maybe he bats the ball away from something being caught. Okay, so let me catch you folks up the, that aren't as ravenous about National Arena League football as we are when we watch every game. Um, last night, Jacksonville and Carolina in Jacksonville. Also Star Wars night, and they did a great show with that, by the way. Yes. I'm going to bash Jacksonville in a few minutes. I'm going to give them props when they deserve it. They put on a good Star Wars show. I liked it. Then we got 10 seconds from the end of the first half. Carolina is driving with the ball down by two scores, I believe. They need to score here. They need to keep... Uh, they need to score right at the end of the half, and then they need to come back out when they're getting the ball and score again. There is a play where Malik Henry, the quarterback for the Carolina Cobras, drops back, tosses the ball into the corner of the end zone. Uh, Evans reaches up to grab the ball, sticks out his hands. The ball hits him in the hands. He looks, he appears to have caught the ball, and a hand comes from over the wall and knocks the ball out of his hand from the Jacksonville bench. It is, in fact, Jacksonville head coach. Uh, Why did his name just leave my head? Help me. Um, Gibson. 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 Jason Gibson. That reached up and knocked the ball down. I am not telling you maybe. I am not telling you it might have happened. I'm not telling you it certainly looked that way. I am telling you beyond a shadow of a doubt. Jason Gibson reached up and knocked the ball out of the receiver's hands. I've seen every angle. I've seen still pictures. I've seen video that's not available to the public. I've seen it. He did it. 
It happened. There is no question about whether Jason Gibson knocked the ball away from the receiver. He did. There is no discussion. Um, it happened. Yep. Am I wrong? Ralph and Leo, you've seen the same thing I've seen. Am I in any way misrepresenting this? Absolutely, you are not. 100% that happened. I don't understand what was going through his head to do something so egregiously. And I understand even less what ensued after that or the lack of what ensued after that. But as a head coach in this league, been around for some time and understands these rules and knows what is appropriate and inappropriate, shame on you. Absolutely unacceptable. Yep. Ralph, what do you, what do you think? What did you I'm, see? I am very reluctant to say anything based on my position because okay. I, it's things are things are going to come out but people on the live chat were commenting on it they saw it there and the ruling on the field was fan interference okay nope. uh i'm i'm not going to criticize officials there are two rules in the book about me as a representative going on to any kind of media and making comments that disparage the league so that's why i'm reluctant to go forward because i don't want to give my ownership another battle that they have to fight uh well i don't work for the league watch this you can (laughs) yeah hold my beer fans can't go into the locker room with the team after the game's over that's true. Right. Um, fans and players on the bench area must be held to a higher standard. The 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 arguments that I've seen all day to long about this is it was called fa- by the way it was called fan interference. They replayed the down from the original spot. The Carolina Cobras never did get into the end zone. That was their clearest shot at a touchdown. They ended up losing the game, all told. They had a whole half of football. I'm not saying they lost the game because of this play, um, but they ended up losing the game by nine points. Uh, you, six you of those a, points. You want a recreation? You want a recreation of what the effect was of that? Because as the guy with the sheets, I can tell you. Uh, first of all, major congratulations. Johnny Salazar, right on it. Yes, the score was 40-29. T.C. Stevens, after the previous drive, had kicked a deuce to get there. Jacksonville goes one play, gets the ball into the end zone. Great pass pulled in by Scary Terry for the touchdown. Carolina goes a whole bunch of plays. If they get six points and probably seven, now you're at 40-36. That's a four-point differential. And when you look at how that goes in the second half, that four-point differential would be completely erased by the onside kick that was recovered because Carolina scored on every single possession except when time ran out at the end of the game. Carolina won the second half. Carolina scored more points in the second half. And Carolina didn't win the game. There were a couple of really weird calls. We could talk about a call at the end of the game where a two-point conversion was 
It appeared completed and then knocked away an actual fan interference that did not get replayed like it should have and ended up being an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty against Carolina, negating their ability to kick a deuce, which we referred to earlier in the show. That's a new thing for us, but I'm not saying it's not the rule. I've just never seen that before. Um, But I really want to stick with this Gibson thing for a moment because this, to me, transcends the game and i've been told all day long from jacksonville sharks fans that i am overblowing this and maybe i am i don't know but i don't care it's my show and i get to overblow things if i want to so here's the deal if a head coach can affect the game play and the penalty is not severe fred shaw i've got a new strategy for you Now, you may say, well, why would you do that? What would the penalty be? What is a fair penalty for a head coach that affects the play in the field of play? What should happen to a head coach that affects the game on the field physically? Ralph, what happened in Texas high school football when a coach, uh, actually it was a strength and conditioning coach, wasn't it? Uh, what incident are you referring to? Because a lot happens one, in Texas high school football. The one you were talking about last night, uh, we talked about this for a few minutes, and you mentioned a coach that was actually suspended without pay for the rest of the season. Oh, th- this was the uh, coach for the the Jets that stuck a leg into play uh, against a Miami mm. Dolphins player. It, gotcha. didn't affect, it didn't affect the play. He was suspended without pay for the rest of the season. And there's no doubt. I, again, I'm not here to criticize officials. Right. But if you have to have a rule for every crazy thing. Right. And you don't understand fair competition, that it's decided by the players on the field. If that is a concept you are unclear with, I'm really not sure that you should be in any position anywhere on the field with regard to it. Now, I'm, In fact, I'm not the league, but this is a fundamental. That rule was unwritten because it didn't need to be written. In fact, we uh, I have an unnamed source. So take it for what you will, because I can't name the source. Um, so you may say he's making this up. I'm not. But you may say that I am um, because it's an unnamed source that talked to Jason Gibson after the play or after the game, and said, hey, tell me what happened there. And he said, show me in the rule book where I can't. If I have to write a rule for every single thing, if I have to write that you can't pull out a 9mm handgun and shoot other players in the leg while you're running a touchdown, I I don't know what to do anymore because you're always going to be ahead of me. There are certain things that are just obviously beyond the pale, and players, coaches, training staff, anybody that that is employed by the team affecting the field of play when they are not one of the eight players on the field has to be one of those things that is just a rule that we all understand. You can't do that. It doesn't happen. Coaches don't physically affect the, 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 the play of the game in any sport anywhere. Like it's It's ridiculous to think that a rule has to be present to avoid that from happening because it's not part of any game anywhere. Right. Right. Yeah. So what is the penalty for this? Well, I'll I'll go one more with you, Leo. If you have to write a rule, you don't really have a game. Right. Because at the end of the the game, and and there was a comment, uh, Raul Nava made the comment, 
that it's about trust, that you are trusting that you are going to beat the other team fairly on the field of play. When a team seeks an unfair competitive advantage, whether that is electronic, uh, whether that is flashing laser pointers at the opposing team quarterback, these are things that are not up for debate. Right. Or this isn't a game. This is... I mean, this was something out of, dare I say, the other thing this league is sometimes compared to, not the league, but the whole sport, professional wrestling. Mm. I mean, this mm. is the line This is the line that we've crossed from legitimately understood competition to, is it really? Is this, if that's allowable, if that is allowed to stand, it has no effect on the outcome of the game. It brings in doubt, and the league doesn't need it. That's the thing about integrity. No. Right. The yep. league does not need that. My understanding is before the game was finished, in fact, before halftime, before the third quarter started, that the commissioner of the league had been notified of the video that was present and had been directed to the video so that he could determine the best way to handle the situation. Today, we found out what Jason Gibson's penalty will be for affecting the play on the field. It happened. 100% happened. Will he be suspended for the rest of the season? No. Will he be suspended for a game? No. Will the team have to forfeit the win? No. All of those were possibilities that we uh, bandied about last night as we watched the game. Jason Gibson will be fined $1,000 and allowed to continue through the season as if nothing has happened. So once again, Fred Shaw, I have a strategy for you. If you would like to employ it, I think we can find underwriters $1,000 a game if we need to be tilting the games. If that's all it costs, maybe we can win this thing going away. Uh, counterpoint, counterpoint to that, Phil, if that's what it takes to win... I don't you want to win keep, that way. You can yeah. keep the yeah. stinking right. trophy. Coach, right. Coach. That's the team that wins. You can keep the trophy. Right. That's yeah. my mic drop. Uh. <laughs> Any coach that's going to argue that says there's no rule against me doing that, you know what? You you shouldn't be a head coach. <laughs> you shouldn't be coaching. That's ridiculous. I don't think Coach Shaw would stoop to that level. No. And um, it's interesting that it's – None of those other things happened. It's only a $1,000 fine. Makes me wonder, had it not been the Jacksonville Sharks... Hey, we could have that whole conversation. That opens up a lot. Another Um, unnecessary conversation that is made viable. Right. Yep. Because we shouldn't have to have that conversation, but... Integrity. It makes you wonder. Integrity. If, If we're all honest, we know that Jacksonville has been around a long time. They are a... Uh, they are a founding team of this league. The commissioner of the league was a former coach in Jacksonville. He likes Jacksonville a lot. Um, they have the largest fan base. Uh, they, uh, from rumors I've heard, have to front uh, extra money from time to time and are always willing to do so. In they are also ownership interest. Yeah, they I are also part owners over in uh, Carolina for the Cobras. All of those things. And so now you look at it and you go, well, did that have something to do with the penalty uh, that he has to pay for affecting the game on the field? 
Yeah, no, Jordan, I don't Jordan think so. A, Jordan has another point that, that he brings up that you've already mentioned, Philip, and uh, that about the later two-point conversion. Sure. My question, and it's not a question to the officials, you had two clearly questionable calls. No challenge flags thrown. Good point. Yeah. Yeah. That's an excellent point. Yeah, I don't I don't know what was up with Carolina, why they wouldn't challenge this particular play. I can tell you for sure. Um, I haven't talked to him about it. I don't know this. We haven't had this conversation. But I can tell you for sure that if Jason Gibson reached over the wall and knocked the ball out of Juice Robinson's hands, <laughs> Fred Shaw wouldn't be quiet until they threw him out of the game or they went and took a look at the video. Like I just I know enough about Fred Shaw to know that he would either get thrown out of that game, or they would go take a look and see what they see. He would not let that go. Am I wrong? Nope. Nope. Well, Fred's Fred's not here to speak for Fred, but I think we know which way he would break on that. Yep. Uh, this is my comment. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I'll also add that I don't care who you are in the stadium, uh, announcer or, you know, a hype man or whatever. We talked about not inciting booze. That was one case where I would excuse him for doing so. Absolutely. 100%. Raul Nava says Mike Tomlin from the Steelers just got fined when he too famously interfered with a kick return. That was a uh, Thanksgiving evening game against the Baltimore Ravens. I remember specifically where I was when that happened. He finishes up that thought saying, if the NFL doesn't suspend them, can you blame the NAL? Yes, I can, and here's why. Mike Tomlin made the case and was enough plausible deniability to say, I did not know I was standing in the field of play and that I was, I was look, he did. He did, and I'm not saying that he didn't lie. I think he absolutely lied, but when you watch the video, his back is turned. He's looking another direction. You could make the case. He's looking up at the Jumbotron, but he has just enough plausible deniability to say, I didn't do it intentionally. That does not exist for Gibson in this case. He has no plausible deniability to say, I didn't realize I was knocking the ball out of the defender, out of the receiver's hands because he starts his motion to reach up and defend the pass, which is what he was doing. While the ball is still in the air, it hasn't crossed the goal line yet, and his hand is up, ready to knock the ball down. He, was he has defensive back. He has no ability, whereas Tomlin had just enough plausible deniability to say, I didn't know he did, and we all know he did, but it's just enough to go, well, okay, you're going to get a huge fine, and we're going to be watching you from this point forward. I'm going to be the super cynic here. Uh, Raul Nava said, and his premise was, if the NFL uh, doesn't do it, how can you blame the NAL? My answer to that is the NAL is not the NFL. And ostensibly, in my mind, in its six years, had had integrity, has integrity. The NFL, uh, if you really believe that everything is perfectly fair all the time, uh... Yeah. Yeah. No, no. I, I, I have more faith. No, I don't have more faith in that. And the IOCC and FIFA. 
but uh, <laughs> whoa, that's huge. I won't. I won't say that. I be, I believe the NFL is 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 not at that level, but this is the path. The slope is slippery. Uh, Jason made a bad decision. He did the wrong thing. He affected the game in the field of play. He knows it. Whether he admits it out loud, I know it. Um, the only people to argue with me all day long has been Jacksonville Sharks fans. So everyone else around the league knows it. And Jason Gibson will get what he deserves. He already has. His reputation is taking a hit because everybody in the league thought we knew Jason Gibson was a stand-up guy. And now we all have to question that on some level. And that's going to be what it's going to be. He's going to deal with that as long as this exists and with the internet. Things exist forever. That's going to be and, something that he's going to deal with. And Raul's coming back with a devil's advocate question. And okay. my answer to that question is you move your face, not your hands. Okay. You move your face and you protect your face. You don't reach out. This is great. I love this, Raul. Let's talk about all of this. Um, I get to stand in not all that different of a place at Gunslingers games from where Jason Gibson was on the corner of the end zone uh, for this Jacksonville Sharks game. When the play is headed toward me, do you know what I do? Whether it's my team or the Orlando Predators, which, by the way, I almost caught an Orlando Predator player uh, a few weeks ago. You tried. You tried to Um, assist him in a soft landing. As the ball is in the air and making its way toward me, I move back to give the player room to fall if he needs to fall over the wall. And in that case, I was just close enough to grab his shoulder pads and keep him from going face down into the concrete. But I'm back and allow... What I do not do is I do not step into the wall, stand up on the wall, and reach out my hand to knock the ball away from the Orlando Predator player. Yep, totally different. That's... So we want to play devil's advocate, and I know that's what you're doing. That's what Gibson should have done, and he knows that. He knows that his job is to make room for the player. I don't know what he was thinking. I can't honestly put a logical thought in the guy's brain, but it is clear. You watch the video, and he sees the ball coming toward him, and he plays defensive back, just like any of us would do if we were on the the you know sand lot playing football, and we saw the ball in the air uh, get to the a receiver we're playing against. He reached up. He made his, He got as close as he could, reached up, and batted the ball away. That's what he did. There, there's no question about it, and that's what you don't do. So it wasn't coming for his face, and he defended himself by putting his hands up like that. That's not what happened. It's just not. Um, and he knows better because he would have stepped back and out of the way. Because he's been around this game a long time. So I, I see what you're saying. I, I understand what you're trying to do. Um, you're trying to give him any excuse you can. I've already played that game. Uh, I've already looked at the video enough times and tried to play that game, giving him every opportunity, um, and it's not there. He made a bad call. He did the wrong thing. And afterwards, he didn't own up to it, which is what oh, really bothers that, me. That's the worst part. That's yeah. the part that really bothers me. He... If he got into like the competitive mode that we all get into and like, I'm going to knock this ball down. I don't want, you know, I, I kind of get that. I kind of understand competitive guy gets competitive and does something stupid that happens. 
But in that moment, you have to be the kind of leader for your team to say, hey, ref, that's on me. Uh, we need to fix this because I shouldn't have done that. Uh, and I would expect anybody. I would expect Fred Shaw to do the same thing. And if he didn't, I'd come on this show and blast him exactly the same way I'm blasting Gibson right now. If he affected the game in play like this and did not own up to it, I'd call him on it too. Um, that would be my expectation. And that's where I had a really hard time with this particular incident. He high-fived people on the way back to, because uh, he went on the field and talked to the ref and, you know, everybody is, he wagged his finger at Zach Brown and did some stuff. And then he goes back through the door. And as he goes back through the door to his sideline, he high-fives one of his staff. A little side high five. Yeah, got him. He's grinning the whole time. He knows what he did, and he didn't own him to it. And that's where I have a problem. And I have a problem with the penalty. I don't think it's enough. I think it's uh, small potatoes. And yep. I really think if Fred Shaw had done anything like this, he would be he would deal with the suspension. I don't know what the difference is. I don't know if it's Jacksonville and... Uh, San Antonio, I don't know if it's white and black. I don't know if it's a guy that's been around the, the lady years and a guy that just got here last year. I don't know what the difference is, but I know there's a difference because I know Fred Shaw would have been treated differently. I, I know that, and that bothers me. Maybe they need to put a barrier along the wall where that can't happen again. There is a barrier. It's the wall. <laughs> <laughs> It's called respect for the game. That's the yeah. barrier. That's what's broken. Jordan Steubing says, I've been on the sideline for every home game and several games away for the last two seasons. I move away when the player's coming at me. Furthermore, my arm is never in the mix. Let's be real. Yeah. And Raul Dava says, by the way, I know, I know. I'm just pulling y'all's leg. He had no excuse. Correct. And, that, and we all know that. And Jason Gibson knows that. Like, Jason Gibson knows he has no excuse. Um. And what bothers me is the whole second half of that game looks different if you have me I, I based agree. on that play. Yep. I don't yeah, know that Carolina would have won or lost. Well, I don't. Score, but that's the problem is the I don't know. Would have been 40-36 going into the half. Carolina gets the ball and on that next possession would score again because that's what they did. Now you're talking – 43-44, uh, 43 to 40, a Carolina lead. Now, yeah, okay, so Jacksonville scores. Then Carolina scores again. Then comes the onside not recovered. Does Carolina even attempt the onside at that point because they're ahead? Probably not. Mm -hmm. But the lead on balance the rest of the game, uh, Carolina scored four times. Jacksonville scored three times, and maybe you give them that fourth score. Uh, Carolina is only behind by four points. Uh, you want to? You want to? You want the bright spot in all of this? San Antonio Gunslingers fans and other NAL fans that might be checking in or listening later. You want the bright spot in all this? He can't do it again. There is no way Jason Gibson will get away with interfering with the play on the field again this season and get away with it with such a light penalty. Or if he does, we'll all know this thing is fixed. And not just this year, yep. forever. Yeah. So, I mean, he got one. You get Sometimes you get one free shot. Like sometimes it happens. You get one free shot 
you take it, you pay your little, you get slapped on the wrist, and you pay your penalty, and you move on, but you don't get to do it again. Well, Jason Gibson has gotten his free shot, his slap on the wrist. That won't happen again. And if it does, I will come right on this show. If he interferes with play on the field again, I will come on this show and call the NAL out for two straight hours. I'll do it, and I'll make sure the commissioner sees it too. I got phone numbers, man. Um, I will make sure. Uh, I will the call power, them out. The I, will, I will absolutely call them out. If it happens again and he doesn't, uh, he isn't penalized heavily. He's. It, I'm, I. I would be done with this league at that point. I would. I would walk away uh, from again. the NAL. So it's not going to happen again. Raul Dava said it. It would have definitely changed the whole momentum, even the mood in the arena in their favor. I think you're right. Um, that being said, it's just one win for Jacksonville, and they struggled to get it, and they have to play that team again at the end of the season. And I'm betting Coach Fuller and the rest of those Carolina Cobras will probably keep that video on their uh, phone, on their tablet, on their device, and uh-huh. watch it. Over and over and over again. I think he may have motivated Carolina to give them one of them losses. Uh, and Orlando is coming up for them twice, too. They do not have an easy road. We have an easier road. It's not easy. We have an easier road. Um, and I love that we get a bye at the end of the season. Man, I love it. I love that we can just sit back and watch everybody else play the final week and see how things shake out. That's great. That's a big help. What else do we need to cover? What other drama is there? We're really sad about Fayetteville. I don't know what else to say about that. They just ran out of money. It happens. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, it's drama around the league, but they have had they have struggled so much to get any fans in the building at all. I guess we should wrap it up there. We're getting right at 9 o'clock. It's a little past 9 o'clock, and Bikembe Kearney is going to be over in... Uh, inside the walls. But before we go, there's a couple of things we need to mention. There's a watch party this Saturday for the game in Orlando. That's going to be at Alamo Beer Hall. Go check that out. Go be a part of that. They're going to have the games, the giveaway, the, pri- the giveaways, the prizes, all of the wonderful stuff you've come to know and love about Gunslingers watch parties right there at Alamo Beer Hall. Uh, they will have the game on with audio, and you'll be able to hang out with some of your favorite gunslingers folks like uh leo are you going to that the the watch party yes yeah like leo and ralph judkins they will both be there yeah the following is a joke uh johnny i'll be happy to sign anything you want me to sign (laughs) (laughs) yeah right like you want my signature on anything but Uh, uh, yeah (laughs) i'll be there it's a lot of fun it's great to see the community it is just it it's, it's just great. It's a great venue, great location. It's a great evening, and there's no cover charge. It's even nope. cheaper than a home game, if it, that's even possible. Even cheaper than a home game. James Palmer will be at the Rangers-Astros game. Love it. Go Rangers. Uh, that's the happy thing for most of our fans. Rangers. Hey, I got something to say. Say it. I, I got to let my superstitious fan out here for just a couple minutes if you were humor me. I don't know if Ralph knows this, but a few weeks back we started saying um, 
we started saying, what the heck is wrong with Drew Pearson? Because we noticed him struggling, and we talked about it publicly on the show. Since then, Drew Pearson has been Drew Pearson. You know, kicking deuces and, and just doing a phenomenal job. Then, last week, we called out Arvell Nelson on the show. And we said, there, what is, there's something wrong with Arvell Nelson. We talked about what the what his balls look like, the long ball, and, and how the... Hey, stop. Stop. God, we it's... talked about what his long ball looks like when we're throwing and, and how it's, you know doesn't look like a freshly thrown ball how much he struggled in in the passing game in the long with the long game you know uh and he comes back and has a phenomenal game last week right so me being the superstitious fan i was thinking who am i going to call out next on this <laughs> podcast that i want to see do something on this you know next game away at, at carolina so you know who i'm going to call you would never guess but i'm gonna call out somebody right now what the heck is wrong with Callie Rashad? Oh, no Rashad touchdown returns. No touchdown returns. A single touchdown the entire year. <laughs> There's something wrong with that man. He's not the same player he was. Uh, There's something wrong with Callie Rashad. I am very, very concerned with my man, number five, Callie Rashad. Uh, yeah, they're, they're, I, I, don't, I really don't know. Maybe I. I, I, I can't I can't figure out what it is, but he hasn't scored any any uh, return touchdowns. So yeah, there's something wrong. Maybe, maybe we need to get another guy back there returning kicks. That's all I have to say. His number one fan doesn't have his jersey. He does. He looks up at fans and he doesn't see his number one non-related fan with his jersey on, and it, it hurts him. It hurts him, and he's not returning the ball. He's That's got to be it. He's leading the league in yardage on returns, though. And You're still, to the point here, Ralph. Yes, exactly <laughs> to the point. Exactly, exactly <laughs> to point. the point, Leo. Hey, don't forget about the Gunslinger Sports Camp coming up uh, next week. No, it's this it's week. It's happening now. It's happening now, uh, June 26th through the 30th. If you have a kid that wants to get involved in that, they'll probably take you, even though you're a day late. Uh, show up tomorrow at St. Gerard's and uh, get them set up in that if you need help doing that if you need help with the registration fee smoky guns podcast would love to sponsor your kid for that just let us know and we will work it out with the team and make sure that happens also the girls uh, the ladies the six shooters will have their cheer camp july 15th at st gerard's um registration is going on for that now once again if you need help getting your daughter or son signed up for the six shooters camp. Let us know. We would love to help. And you may ask, how can you do that? How can you just help uh, get people signed up for a $125 uh, camp? It's not because we have a great relationship with the team, even though we do. It's not because the team says, Hey, we'll take care of it. Y'all do it. No, we're going to pay that. And the reason we can pay that is because we have some amazing patrons of the show. Uh, Mo Ferrante, Iris Ferrante, Herman Robles, Kim and Greg Nelson, James Steubing, Jordan Steubing, Jamar Washington, Jay Washington, I should say, Gary Vaught, James Palmer, Karen Vaught, and Thomas Hover. All of those guys uh, do tons for our show and make us able to pay the bills and then go a little above and beyond and make these opportunities available for kids to be involved in these camps or other things um, that we do around our community. If you want to be a part of that, 
Uh, there are some great benefits to being a patron of the show on the 22nd and in the playoffs when you come to Freeman Coliseum, you get special perks. You get to go to the front of the line in the merchandise area, which is a big deal. It's uh, a long line. It's a long line, and you get to skip it. You also get reserved promo items. The lightsabers uh, were reserved for those of our patrons that were able to get to the game. Um, if you want to be a part of the show or you want to get those perks, uh, all you need to do is go to patreon.com, Smoking Guns Podcast. That's Smoking No G, Guns with a Z, P O D. Smoking Guns Pod, and you will wind up at our patron page. That's also how you can get a hold of us on all social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, although we don't do much on the gram, uh, Twitter, and we also have an email. All of those things are Smoking Guns Pod, Smoking No G, Guns with a Z, P O D, and uh, they will, uh, and that's at Gmail if you're emailing the show. I don't get a lot of email to the show, but I do get some. Um, and we always check that. Anything else we need to cover before these people go listen to Bikembe, uh, Bikembe Kearney? I think we've done enough damage for the we're week, Phil and Leo. Yeah, we're in enough trouble. <laughs> yeah, for sure. When it comes to football, whether it's in the 100-yard gridiron or the 50-yard fight, in Carolina, out in Jacksonville, up in... Uh, Albany, even though nobody plays there anymore. Or on the 100-yard gridiron in Seattle or over in Arlington, down in Houston. If it is football anywhere in the United States, the 210 has got something to say. Bang, bang! <laughs> <laughs>